But Justin, also, can you take us through some of the lower price points that you've used auction for? I can't even remember them. I'm trying to suppress them. <laughs> um, one of them, I believe I sold a piece of land for about 65000 um, <laughs> using auction. Uh, and it was really a piece of land that I I, I really thought was going to be unsaleable. But auction lured out uh, someone in the neighborhood that wanted it and thought they got a good deal on it. So uh, that would be one. And then the other one was, I don't remember the exact price point, but it was, I think it was just under $25,000 for a piece of land. <laughs> Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast aimed to deliver sales strategies, marketing tips, and business insights from industry experts and myself to build a listing-focused business for the future. Let's get into it. Mr. Justin Green, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on the podcast live, uh, one of the leaders of the Green Group and uh, one of, I would say, one of our auction pioneers for North America. I think, Justin, you've uh, you've definitely been one of the guinea pigs along the way as, uh, to help us sort of evolve the process as we go. Folks, Justin comes with a certain set of skills and a, a certain set of skills, I sound like... Um, What's the movie? Is it Taken or whatever it is? I sound like that Liam Neeson character that you're <laughs> you're like, you have a certain set of skills. Um, but um, Justin's ability to give raw feedback and not give a shit about other people's feelings is just incredible. Justin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> well, I guess that... Um, I guess that one of the things that uh, that I wanted to sort of kick things off and give the explanation of is that you're the head of uh, what we call the Green Group. Um, obviously, Justin Green, last name, the Green Group. Uh, we, um, yeah, we've spoken to uh, Mr. Chad Whitfeld, who is your partner in crime on all things. And we're going to talk about the in-depth nature of your relationship. We're not going to dive into anything from a therapy session in respect <laughs> to <you>. that <laughs> because it could be quite long, convoluted and deep. But uh, um, Or incredibly shallow i'm not really quite sure <laughs> but i guess that the one thing that i wanted to sort of talk about in the beginning is your journey into real estate because you've had um and for lack of better terminology but you've had a lot less experience in the traditional element of real estate than what chad had i believe that chad had been in the real estate industry for again give or take 10 years was it before you sort of came to the fold i believe so yeah i might have even been a little bit more than that did you go and join his, like, because I know Chad was part of a team of a pretty prominent real estate agent within Nelly Gale in that particular area. Did you join that team? I was on that team for a, a handful of months before I came over to Harcourts. And then, and then from there, like a little bit of background on you, Justin, um, uh, teaching, you know, you were a teacher prior to getting into real estate. Um, and, and I guess that, I wanted to sort of talk about, from your perspective, your journey of working into the real estate sphere of things. Like, it's always curious to me when people talk about why they sort of came towards the real estate industry. And typically, it's the answer of, I love property and I love people. And, you know, that that passion quickly dissipates after doing a, a great volume of real estate and a great volume of de dealing with, you know, sellers' expectations on their real estate. But I guess that what were the core reasons from you going from, you know, a vastly different career being real estate into, uh, sorry, vastly different career being teaching into, you know, the the lack of structure of what real estate is? How did you find your way into that? Well, I mean, I, I was introduced to it by Chad. He's the one that got introduced it to me. Um, however, when I was a teacher, I owned another business as well outside of that. I 
knew that I wanted to be entrepreneurial and own something of my own. And there are there actually are a lot more similarities in teaching and real estate than I certainly realized when I made the transition and probably you would would realize as well. But the, the bottom line is the entrepreneurial as- aspect of it, um, working hard and working more and doing the right thing, you can be rewarded for that. Um, and then getting to help people and help people solve problems and, and put them where they want to be and just, just help them is, uh, those are probably the main things. So, so you mentioned two things. You said you had a business on the side whilst you were doing teaching as well. What was that business? Uh, it was a tutoring business that I owned. And then I had tutors that, that helped me and we tutored a bunch of, uh, mostly high school students around the area. Right. Okay. I, I suppose that that comes with an un godly amount of patience needed in order to do something like that is that is that like i think that you know i've had the pleasure of obviously doing real estate with you individually for a period of time until jason came into the equation to take over that position and your level of tenacity in a deal is one thing but i think the level of patience that you bring to it which could be deemed the same thing um is is something do you think you got that from the teaching uh, certainly, it certainly helped. And that was one of my strong suits of teaching and tutoring as I, I was very patient with, um, with my clients and students. And it certainly, certainly helps in, in real estate as well. Right. And, and I guess that I, I think that not giving up on a deal is certainly one of your strong suits, which we could relate back to the patience or the tenacity of that is that I've been involved in situations previously because, you know, we're doing a, a vast array of deals, but also we're in a much shallower level in that deal as we assist a lot of agents, you're deeper into it, but your level of commitment to seeing that through and whether or not there is an opportunity there, I think is certainly one of the things that I could definitely draw a parallel from patience through to that level of not wanting to let go and seeing that deal all the way out is definitely one of the attributes that I see in, in your real estate career. I guess that the 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 real thing that then so you made the transition into real estate those few months before coming over to Harcourts um, and before being exposed to the auction process are the few months that I want to sort of talk about with you because okay. one of the things that certainly Chad pointed out in his his podcast was around his uh, traditional element of real estate got in the way of auction in the first degree. Um, whereas your, and could I call it naivety, sort of allowed you to believe or to look at the process deeper from the very onset? Would that be fair? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think that when you explain auction to someone or you, yeah, when you, whether it's an agent or a client, if they go into it with an open mind, it really, there's no downside to it. And, um, I, I had done so few deals traditionally, so I didn't really have the the bias of the, this is the right way to do it or comparing the two really because I was pretty new at it and I just had less experience doing it traditionally and auction just made sense to me. And that's probably why I bought into it um, easier than some agents that have been doing hundreds of just traditional transactions. So some people listening to this could be like, well, you've got him early into the real estate career and you've brainwashed him essentially. It could be the, could be the view of this, uh, but obviously without them knowing you as well as what we know you is that you are highly analytical. Yes. Very analytical. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and I guess that like the one thing where I said at the beginning of this podcast that Justin gives uh, <laughs> unpleasurable feedback when he believes that 
well, again, I don't think you mean it to be unpleasurable. You just mean it to be so raw. The feedback is so raw in the equation. Even now, after we go through any individual auction, you'll call me or you'll call Jason and you'll dissect that and you'll go through it and look at the positives and the negatives. So would it be fair to say that if you didn't believe it to be a better process all the way around, you wouldn't have done it regardless of being brainwashed or you still wouldn't do it regardless of so-called brainwashed in the very beginning of all of this? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I probably, I might have tried it once, but if I really didn't believe it, the, I, I just, I wouldn't do it. So let's talk about the belief structure that, or the, or the foundation of belief that has come into the equation now, Justin, because, you know, you being exposed to this very early on in your real estate career is an unfair advantage um, to many others that are out there that were doing traditional real estate. We're going to talk about the relationship between you and Chad here shortly and both of your differing opinions of auction and how that works in your business. Um, but I guess what I really want to talk about is that there, were there any pivotal moments from a belief perspective that you can think of um, from the very early onsets of auction? Where, where I just, I've like, was that something specifically happened that made me believe more? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. 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 Or asking, you know, is, is there anything that you can think of maybe the first couple of transactions, you know um, you know, I, I, you know, one of the things that I'll give you a heads up on at the end of this, I'm going to ask you, um, you know, is what's one auction moment that you remember, um, you know, but I, I guess that, was there anything early on where you saw this as a real opportunity in your business that was a key moment to you? Was it a listing presentation to a seller where you saw you won that business versus somebody that was more highly experienced? Was it a moment where you got to sell them more for their property than was expected? Was it a moment where you allowed the seller to see the marketplace with their own two eyes from that process itself, not having any gauge of pricing? Is there anything in particular or the advantages that you really lean upon to create the business that you've got. And maybe while you think of that is that I'll give people a bit of an insight just so everybody knows is that, you know, Justin runs the green group, as I mentioned before, and like, this is a business that does in excess of $2 million of GCI every year, guys. Like, and I, I run off the fundamentals of yes, sure deal count, but certainly when it comes to the volume of business that they do. And over the last six months, you know, I know Chad alluded to that you've got a focus of around 80% of your business is focused on auction at this point. I don't think that that is fair because about probably only 50% of your income comes from auction. You certainly have used auction as a part of your business as a department versus your entire business because you have quite a deep referral network of your own and a deep sphere that you still use. Um, and sometimes you don't use auction on that perspective. So maybe that might be a good segue into this as we talk about it is that, is that in what position do you use auction? What position do you not use auction? So I present auction to every single person if they want to hear about it. I'm, I'm a firm believer of, it's probably my analytical side, of give the person the option and let them choose. If someone absolutely doesn't want to hear about auction, then I'm not going to tell them about it. But most people, whether they have an idea about it or not, they, they want to hear about it. And I think there's nothing wrong with giving the consumer two options and letting them choose what they think is the best fit for them and their situation. So, so let's talk about that a little bit further then. In a listing presentation, you've just presented auction to me and I don't know anything about it. What, what is the typical response from somebody that doesn't want to hear about it? Well, if they, if they say they don't want to hear about it, I'm not going to tell them about it. Okay. I'm not going to try to slam something down them that, that, that they're not interested in at all. Or, or, I mean, I would possibly ask them, let me ask you, 
why do you not want to hear about it or or what do you know about it? And then if they say, well, I actually know nothing about it, tell me about it, then I'd go into it. But if they're, they just have some response as to why they don't want it, I'm not going to force them to listen to it. So, so the, so the answer that you've given is that regardless of the client that you've got, and you've got to, like some of these people, you've got to establish relationships where you've sold multiple properties for them. You've known them from the tennis club, say, or you've known them from tutoring their kids or wherever it comes down to that deep atmosphere or that deep, you know, relationship pool that you have is that you will still bring it up and you will give them the opportunity to say yes or no to it regardless. So you're not using it in most situations unless you've gotten it from an expired listing. We'll talk about that portion of your business shortly, but you're not using it just as a leverage tool to win business. You're using it as purely an option. Pure, yeah, purely an option and giving the consumer, again, it's helping them decide what they that what they want to do and helping them ultimately, obviously, sell their house for as high a price as, as possible. So let's say that they say, no, I don't want to hear about that. You don't go into it. One of the things that you're very good at is reintroducing it later instead of a price reduction. You are, I think, probably the best at that that we, we see. Um, could you explain how you have that conversation with the seller? Like what are the core points that you make at that time? They've chosen not to listen to you about auction. Um, they're at a price point of X amount. It's on the market. Is there a time frame typically? Is there, what's the reintroduction look like for you? Um, I mean, again, the time frame really depends on what's going on in the market at that given time. If, if it was six months ago, if it didn't sell in the first week or two, then there was probably some something going on there. But now we're in more of a, a normal market. Um, but yeah, if if it gets to the time where the, either the client knows that they need to reduce the price or I'm about to have a conversation about potentially reducing the price or going over the feedback that we've had 35 buyers through the property and all of them say the feedback is around this price, I would give them the option to say, so we have a couple options here. We can lower the price or we could talk about the uh, auction method of sale that that I brought up uh, several weeks ago. And then yeah. at that point, oftentimes they say, oh yeah, well, tell me about that. How would that work? Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but wanted to ask a quick favor. If you're seeing any value in what we're providing, we'd love it if you could like, follow, or subscribe, whether you're listening on a podcast or watching us on YouTube. One step further is that if you can think of anybody in your community that this episode could help, we'd love it if you could share it to them so we could cast our message further and broaden our audience. Thanks again. Right. So so you find that people's... Um, essence of curiosity is far deeper when it comes to they've been on the market, they've tried it their way at the price that they ultimately wanted to with some guidance from you, they're much more receptive to it? They can be, absolutely. Now, now, what's your opinion of this? And, and probably not a fair question to you because you've got a deeper belief system than what most people do when it comes down to the auction process is that what is your belief? Do you believe going to auction first is better than reintroducing it later or do you think it doesn't matter? If I had my preference, I would go to auction first. Right. Do yeah. you see that? Do you see it as a problem though? Do you see that sellers sometimes because they think like if they're getting feedback about price that is different than what they would ideally like to hear, do you find they blame auction first? If you listed it just traditionally or if you listed it as auction first, is that what you're Correct. saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. How do you get around that? Well, I mean, showing them that the buyers that have come through the property can afford, assuming that they actually can, 
can afford up to the price point that these sellers are looking for and showing that how many buyers we've had through the property and where the offers are coming in. I mean, if you have enough people through the property and they're all getting stuck around the same price, the, the market is speaking to you. Um, I know that we're going to dive into this a little later on, but I guess that just for the listeners to understand your skill set in this equation that I think is really important is that um, in the green group, Chad is actually the person that usually typically will do the presentation side of it first in the in going out and, and presenting to clients that they might not know that they get from an expired portion of their business. They do expired phone calls using auction as a leverage tool to set the appointments. And we can talk a little more about that later on. But the the thing is, is that Chad will go out and do that appointment from a presentation standpoint. Once they've said yes, and once they've got the property listed, that is then Justin's responsibility to take it on from a process perspective. Justin would probably be one of the more methodical um, people when it comes to running the process that we get to deal with, which is hence the reason their level of success that they've had over the last number of years in building their business. But where I'm going with this, folks, just for a listener's perspective, is that Justin and, and listening to what he just said to you then is that he's using using the auction process from a feedback standpoint. Now, there's a very key difference here that I want to make sure that you understand is because we've gotten Justin and maybe brainwashed him a little bit from the beginning using those words is that Justin says the words feedback. Now, if you're a traditional real estate person that's listening and doesn't understand, most realtors will hear the word feedback and think that Justin's talking about the carpet, the location, the floor plan, all of these different things. That's not actually the case. It's actually around price. Price is where we really talk about feedback. Feedback equals price. And Justin has a very, very core logic in his approach where he focuses on price price feedback. But as he said, making sure that the buyers that are coming through definitely have that budget that exceeds what the sellers want, if not matches what the sellers want for the property. And if they're not seeing value or, and their feedback is less, that means that is the purest form of price feedback that we can find. Would that be accurate, Justin, what, how I've explained that? Yeah, but I think uh, even going a step further, the, the best type of price feedback is an actual written offer. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, that's a whole new kettle of fish where you're going to be a frequent guest on this podcast. So we're going to go through that. Um, we open up a can of worms there, but leading back to one of the questions that I think we kind of avoided a little bit, and I gave you maybe a little time to think about it was the question that I asked, was there one key moment that you thought that auction was going to be a staple of your business? Can you think of that moment? Like, is there anything that you can think of that said, hey, this is definitely going to be a core element of my business? Is it just the logical nature of what it was in the first degree? Like you said that you explained the logic of auction. There's no downside. Was it just that or was it an experience? It was more just the logic of there's, there is no downside and it, it can work on every property. I mean, the, the very first one I did um, when I came over to Harcourts was a listing that I, I was going to get it either traditional or auction. It didn't really matter, but I presented it to them and they agreed that there's no downside and the house ultimately sold. It was a lower price point. And then I sold one at a higher price point and realized that it, it can work and does work on any, any price home. And, it just logically makes so much sense to me that I just I just believed it. Yeah. You and Chad have um, some of the more, um, in Orange County, you guys have some of the higher price point properties um, in the fold of your success. Like we have a, 
you know, six and a half million dollar property in Scenic Drive in Dana Point. We you have a twelve and a half million dollar property in the Ritz Cove that you've done. You have a twenty nine million dollar property that you've taken to auction um, in down in Corona Del Mar. But then also, folks, I'm I don't know if I'm pleased about this, but uh, but Justin, also, can you take us through some of the lower price points that you've used auction for? I can't even remember them. I'm trying to suppress them. <laughs> um, one of them, I believe, I sold a piece of land for about sixty five thousand. Um, using auction, uh, and it was really a piece of land that I, I, I really thought was going to be unsaleable. But auction lured out uh, someone in the neighborhood that wanted it and thought they got a good deal on it. So uh, that would be one. And then the other one was I don't remember the exact price point, but it was I think it was just under twenty five thousand dollars for a piece of land. <laughs> There's some stuff, folks, that Justin comes to us with sometimes and go, well, if it's Justin, we'll do it. If not, we probably wouldn't. Yeah. (laughs) Now again, it works works on any price point. It really does. So leading into, as you guys probably have established by now, is that Justin's got a pretty clear clear belief process that it works anywhere in any circumstance. And, you know, ultimately it's probably one of the quickest timeframes to get the highest price and help the sellers realize that they get get a great outcome. I think, Justin, the, the the other part of this journey that I want to talk about now is possibly the friction between your partnership with Chad and your part and and your belief and your beliefs, your differing beliefs in auction. At some time, I think Chad is fully, I mean, fully bought into the auction process from a perspective of he knows it is his best way that he can win business in a listing presentation that he's in competition with. He is fully belief, his full belief is that you guys run, you guys get in, you run a expired listing process where you guys are calling every morning, setting appointments. You know, you've even taken it one step further and you've created a call center that you guys have got out there calling expired listings and offering a different process. Why offer the same thing? And again, as mentioned, guys, that's not the entirety of their business, but I guess that there is a full set belief from Chad that it's the best way to get an appointment and it's the best way to win that appointment in competition. But his belief structure uh, definitely wavers from the price from the process onwards to the result, whereas yours is undying. Can, can you talk about the the friction that there might be between the two of you in that belief structure and why you think that is? I mean, yeah, right. I mean, I know he's, he's fully bought in, but I think that he would, I, I am a firm believer of presenting auction to every single client every single time if they're interested in it. I think he would probably disagree on some cases that if he doesn't think that the auction is going to interest them or he pre comes up with some pre thought as to how the client will react in that and doesn't want to risk it. Um, so he wouldn't present it in some cases. I, I right. could be wrong with that, but that would be my what my gut would say. Now, I, I guess that there's a there's another part of this as well that you know coming down there's a there's a reason that you guys have separated yourself in your business to be the highest and best use each other. So you don't have most of the time in real estate teams what you see is that they say that they're a good partnership, but both of them are so alike that it doesn't really make for a good partnership. Where you guys, I think you're the perfect partnership comes into the equation. You're running process and Chad's running presentation. Um, and I think that, that that alignment works incredibly well. I guess that where I'm leading towards this is that when it comes to, I guess, the belief structure that you got the most money for that client in that particular moment at that particular time because you used auction, would it be fair enough to say that your belief in that 
is higher than what Chad's is. I would think so. What do you yeah. think? Oh, well, there's, I, well, again, my opinion is pretty clear, hence the reason I'm leading you down this path, is that I think that, you know, I think Chad has a... Um, I think I think the accountability of the auction process and the time frame. He pointed out this in the in the process. It holds people to a level of accountability that they don't like most of the time. And I'm not saying Chad doesn't like accountability, but I don't think he likes the the accountability to the friction that must be had in that relationship with listing agent and seller by the auction date itself. Where Justin, I think that whilst you have a, a a bigger heart than than people that first meet you typically think around getting someone in the best result is that you're so much better at having those conversations in a factual basis that that timeline of accountability doesn't worry you it actually you even you you like it better i think i i do like it better and i think that in hindsight clients actually will and should like it better too because at the end of the day People want to sell their house for as much as possible, but they also want to do it in a in a shortest time short time frame without leaving money on the table. Yeah, that's right. And 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 I guess that they want their agent to be held accountable. And I don't think they realize people don't know what they don't know. And that's so difficult about the value of auction is that I think that so many. I was actually talking to my my grandfather last night. We had a conversation about this, and I hope I'm bringing it up because I think you'd resonate with it. He's like. Well, well, why wouldn't people just use auction because of how good it works? It's like, well, with all due respect, the vast, like there are 10% of Australia's population is the same volume of people that have real estate licenses in the US, right? Like that's, that's, yeah. that's unbelievable, first of all. Second, secondarily to that is that, you know, you can only have an impact um, without spending billions of dollars to train and to teach people about different processes you know, um, you know, in in micro marketplaces like what we have in certain marketplaces that we've had or that we focus on, and then leading even one step further to that is that you know the 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 vast you know uh, volume of realtors within this country, it's so hard to have an impact. And I believe that people don't know what they don't know, and it, it typically isn't their fault. It's been done the same way for so long, and it's our responsibility to educate them even further in order to get a better outcome. But where I was talking to him about it as well, he was he was like, well, that must be frustrating. And I'm going to segue into this a little bit more, Justin, because you've 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 been a pioneer for us within the Southern California market, more specifically Orange County, from an auction standpoint. You don't mind dealing with the conflict of process when it comes to a seller wanting too much and it clearly being the opposite in the market. You don't mind dealing with the friction points either of when an agent gets on the other side of the deal, a buyer's agent, they get upset about this process. Now, don't get me wrong, it's probably less now than what it was when you first started um, because they know you, they know your company because of the volume of real estate you do um, and they know the auction process because of your company and what you've done is that in the first degree, mate, talk to me about some of the friction points. Like what, why and what have you seen from other agents on on the opposite side and even buyers from a friction point of auction? What's this auction thing essentially? I mean, the, the I think the biggest frustration from both the buyer's agent and the buyer is not having a, a buy it now price, not knowing what that buy it now price is. That's probably the biggest frustration. And do you think they only want that buy it now price so that they can negotiate down from it? Most, almost all of the time, yes. Um, and they don't want to feel like they're negotiating against themselves. Yeah. And, and is it fair enough to say that 
at that point, knowing that a buyer is frustrated and a buyer's agent is frustrated, it means you're actually doing your job for your client being your sellers. Because one of the things I haven't pointed out is that I would say, oh, geez, and again, I might be wrong on this. I'd say 75% of your income and your business comes from listings. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. So, 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 so if, if a buyer's agent and a buyer is a little frustrated in the deal, you're actually representing your clients to the best degree, right? I mean, yeah, but you got, you, it's, it's a fine line. You need to make sure that you're, you're helping that buyer's agent or helping that buyer and, and not frustrating them too much where they just go away. So what are some of the core points that you point out that when a buyer comes to you and or an agent typically and they say, oh, another one of these auctions, Justin, or what's this auction thing is typically the language that is used. How do you explain to them the benefits of it? Do you take the time? I mean, yeah, I mean, again, it depends on what questions they ask, but you usually say, why would a seller, why does a seller choose to do this? And your response? This is just a method of sale that our company offers and our sellers wanted to go this this route to make sure that they uh, got the property sold. So devil's advocate being the agent on the other side and me saying to them, you know, saying then is that, well, well, what's the price, Justin? Like, give me an idea. Like, what, 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 what's the price? What do they want? You know, I really don't know that. But just like any seller, you could probably can appreciate they want to get as much money as possible for their home. So just the, the, a true informs for the, basically the truth in the situation. Truth, yeah. yeah. Um, um, so talk to me about this. I, I, again, it's a little unfair of us to sort of to, to go through your characteristics of how you do real estate versus the traditional method of things because you haven't had to relearn it to an extent. However, I guess that your opinion of pricing has gotten in the way, has, has gotten you probably so much more business than others is that I, I guess that you understand a little bit further that your opinion of value doesn't really mean anything to that transaction. Could you maybe, because you probably deal with Chad on this a lot of the times, because Chad definitely has a very firm opinion of what something is worth. There's no question in every single case, he, he believes that he can have a firm opinion of what that is. Can you talk me through or, or, or for the traditional agents listening that can't wrap their head around, what do you mean you don't tell them a price or you don't give them anything to do with it? In a listing presentation and also with another agent that's looking at buying the property, how could you give some advice to an agent about letting go a little bit of their opinion of value? From from a listing agent's perspective? Oh yeah, whichever's perspective. I mean, I I, I think that anyone would agree that the the market determines what the price is for not just houses, for anything, any consumable good. And if I'm not going to write a check for that house or you're not going to write a check for that house, it really doesn't matter what I think the home is worth. It matters what the buyers, the actual real buyers out there think the house is worth and what they're willing to pay. Yep. I think that there was another point that Jason made, um, you know, a little while ago, which I thought it was a very true point is that, a buyer, what somebody, what, what a buyer will pay versus what a buyer will pay in the perception of competition or in competition is vastly different. Vastly different. And a, a buyer inevitably almost always will pay more than what they say they will pay or what they thought they would pay if they know they're competing for it. So there's another part of this, and it's probably the last part of um, you know the sections that I want to talk about today, um, but you take more properties to live auction than any other person that we deal with. Um, and what I, I mean- I didn't know by, that. Is that true? Uh, that is absolutely 100% no. true. Um, is that, is that um, 
and what I mean, and and what I now I've said that now you're going to question, you know, taking more of them to auction. What I mean by that, guys, is we have people that would believe in auction, maybe as much as Justin does, but they believe in selling it prior to auction and getting it wrapped up as quickly as possible with a really high offer versus everybody else. Um, and whilst I believe that that is a wonderful tool with auction, is that you can leverage the date itself in order to get a really good offer prior to auction. And essentially, that agent sometimes panics. Well, they probably do have a sense of panic. Justin, you will, t- even if you get a ridiculously good offer, I'd say 80% of the time, you will still take that, 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 that property to the live auction itself whether it's nerves that get in the way of others, whether it's, you know, ego, whether it's the surety of getting a deal done, whether it's the instant gratification, I'm not sure. But what's your thought process? Why do you take more properties all the way through to auction? Because I believe that it's the right thing to do to get the seller the most amount of money. Um, it, it certainly is more work on my part. It's more work on your auctions part. It's more work on really everyone's part, but it just ensures that that no money's left on the table. You can get typically get better terms. And um, like I said, and I, I know you believe this, buyers will almost always pay more than what they said they would pay when you put them in front of other people. Now, don't get me wrong. Like uh, as long as the situation is is and the formula of having a successful auction is there, we will take it through to the auction itself. Even if it's you know not really in the favor of us getting a great deal more money, sometimes Justin, you've even done it in order for the sellers to see. Well, that offer that we've received from that person is actually the best offer we're going to get because no one was willing to bid more in the open and transparent live auction situation. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. So giving them the peace of mind that they're accepting true market value because there's no one else out there that will pay that at that point in time. Um, I guess that your advice to an agent that might be selling more offers, auctions prior to auction, your advice to an agent that is probably doesn't want to even bring up auction because of the accountability that the auction date brings, but then the work or the nerves of auction day and having it be a public result. What would your advice be to them? I mean, I would, I would say they should ask themselves, are they truly doing what is in the best interest of the client? And, and I guess that, is it fair that you've had so much success doing this that it's almost unfair of us to say, well, you should do it without the definition. You know, it's like, it's almost like, it's funny. It came up on a podcast I was listening to the other day and I thought it was the truest statement ever. Um, you know, they're like materialistic things won't, won't make you happy. More money won't make you happy. All of these different things. I have to be honest is that unless you've experienced that, that doesn't really ring true to anybody and you can't really give that advice. Like it's unfair somebody saying to you, don't go and get a nice car or don't go and buy a bigger house or don't go and make more money because it's not going to make you happier. You've got to kind of go through the process of elimination yourself in order to get there. With auction, you've got to kind of go through an experience that, oh, those buyers only said they'd pay a million dollars, but they really paid one one. Is that fair? The proof had to be in the pudding for you to really believe it or you just you just know that it's the best? Um, I, I, I did have some, some properties where the proof was in the pudding and I, I did experience it, but, um, I mean, you, I I would imagine you have so many countless examples you could give any one of these agents where that is the case. And if they sign up and if they truly believe in auction, then I would think they would buy it, buy into it. But also most people have been to a charity auction event or something where they see people spending ridiculous money for these items at a charity. And oftentimes it's because A, they want to donate to the charity, but 
they're going back and forth with someone that they don't want to lose to in in this event and and they end up paying more than they probably thought they wanted to and their significant other might be looking at him like you guys you're crazy for doing that but people people do that in that setting we won't mention the uh, the liquor that might be involved in a charity event that might help. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but uh, um, I, but I guess that um, if we if we go into the final part of the podcast, mate, where I typically ask a question and um, from somebody like yourself that's been doing auctions for a little while now, is that uh, what's your one auction story or your one moment that you can recall off the top of your head? Um, you know, it might be a case study. It might be a moment where someone screamed at you. It might be a moment where, you know, it might be a difficult auction where the perception of value is there. I'm not sure. I mean, I think just the, one of my favorite success stories, I guess, would be, it was in the, in the peak of the market when tons of offers were coming in. Um, I had this house that was listed for sale and the seller was adamantly against auction, didn't want to hear anything about it. And because he didn't need auction to sell his house. And I would agree he didn't need auction to sell his house, but was that a situation? Was that a situation where it's like one of those people that just will say no for the sake of saying no? Yeah. Said no, just to say no. And he just, he didn't need it. And I, he didn't need auction to sell his house. That's true. But he did need auction to make sure he wasn't leaving any money on the table. So we got, I think we got like 45 offers on this property. Um, and again, this was at the peak of the market when tons of offers were coming in. And it would have been so easy and much, much less work on everyone's account to just accept one of those offers because they were they were good. But I reintroduced auction to this gentleman and said, hey, if we, we did the inspection, we did these things, let's switch it to auction and let's get put these bidders in front of each other and let's see what they'll truly pay. They're all saying this is their best and final and they're not going any higher, but let, let's see, because I know from experience that they will go higher if you put them in front of each other. So we got not all 45 of the buyers registered to bid, but I think it was 20, 30. I can't remember the exact number. Yeah, I think it was between 20 and 30. Yeah, for sure. And we got uh, put them in front of each other and they got a hundred. I think it was $150,000 more than what the highest and best final offer was in that setting. And I think that one of the other key points, I believe, and you're going to correct me if I'm wrong because I don't, I can't really remember it that well. But, but the terms were vastly better than what they had originally offered as well. So, being the contingencies and all of that type of stuff, essentially, we got a cash non-contingent offer and cleaned it all the way up. Correct. Um, versus they made an offer that was contingent towards a few things being flexible and feeling comfortable. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And again, that was in a different market, but you can have similar results or the same results in this market today. You just might not have 45 offers prior to uh, going to auction. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really true testament to that. But again, mate, I think that um, uh, uh, your success is pretty clear. I'm not going to let auction take credit for your success, but you've certainly leveraged it and used it as a, as a beneficial department. I really do see that the Green Group's business has been based off the factor of multiple departments. You think about it like a Macy's store. There's a men's section, there's a women's section, there's a jewelry section, there's a perfume section. You know, the reality is, is that auction is just another department within your department of your business. It's unfair of us to talk about auction as such a big part of it because um, it is such a successful business external to auction in its own right as well. It's just used really as a leverage tool. So thanks for joining us and giving your insights, mate. Yep, you're welcome. Good deal. So about 75% of our audience hasn't liked, followed, or subscribed to our podcast. 
It would mean the world to us and it would help this podcast more than you know to expand our reach if you were to like, follow or subscribe on any of the platforms that you're watching or listening on. Thanks again.